0: Welcome to Beyond the Cloud podcast. I am your host, Tanya Hilt, founder of Cloud Business Services and Tanya's Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Join me and my fellow collaborating accounting professionals while we discuss important business topics and pushing the boundaries within the industry. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Cloud and this is part of our community series. And so today we have co-host and sponsor, Richard Ropa Roberts. And then as our guest, we have Jennifer Baldick. So first off, let's hear about our guest. So Jennifer, tell everybody about yourself, those who don't know you, those who maybe haven't seen you in a while. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you've been up
1: to. Well, thank you, Tanya. Always great to see you and Richard, you too. I think we were trying to count back the number of years since we saw each other in person, Um, but hopefully we can make that change soon. My name is Jennifer Baldick. I do go by the title of Cash Coach because my passion in life, my lot in life, is to work with small business and the self-employed to improve their pricing and profits. Right? That's all related to workflow. But at the end of the day, those of us that are in business are in business because we want to make a profit. We want to have a lifestyle. We want to have a retirement plan, and so that's where I step in to be that guide, to be that coach, to be that cheerleader, to help make those things happen. Shall I save my most recent till a little bit later or would you like to hear about it now? Um no, let's talk about that because that'll kind of roll in. And
0: then once you've done that, then you know we'll let everybody who doesn't know about Richard hear a little bit more about Richard too. We thought we'd have the guest go first or I thought we'd have the guest go first. So
1: sure. So part of working with small business owners and the self-employed is that as I'm helping them grow, they often need to hire. And hiring in the accounting industry is a very, very challenging task. It's something that I undertook for 10 years of running my practice. Not easy. How do you know who to hire? Do they know what they know? Can they do what they say? And so, a a very good friend and colleague of mine, Susan Watkin, had started a program called Find Our Bookkeeper. And very sadly, she decided to retire from the industry. So, I went bashing down her door to say what are you going to do with the program because I've been referring businesses and bookkeepers to her for years so she's like oh I don't know and I was like sell it to me and so we had a very lovely December talking about it and she agreed to sell it to me and so 2023 voila I'm running the qualified bookkeepers program where I'm matching Canadian business with Canadian bookkeepers and our goal is to impact the Canadian economy in a positive way when small business has the right financial person in place, everybody wins. So there's my passion projects. They go together. And the last thing I'd like to say about it is as the middle child living in the middle of the country, it's my job to bring people together. Well, that's awesome. So let's just ask you that. Is there any aspirations
0: of expanding to the States? That is because a great we question. Have many
1: colleagues and, and 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 friends in the States. So I do have a number of individuals that have joined um, out of country. At this time, we are Canadian to Canadian because that's where my knowledge and expertise is. However, I'm also a member of AIR, which is the Accounting Influencers Roundtable that is global. And so I do, if I can, and of course I can because you can do whatever you set your mind to these days. So the plan is, is that once I've got my blueprint for Canada, then it can expand out to other countries perfect.
2: I love it and I love that you never miss an opportunity. You know, when you saw something out there that was that was going away that you were really attached to,
1: so to me. That's I know. And, uh, those were my words. I was like, "Wait." <laughs> right? Let's have this conversation. And very proud to say our friendship is still intact because when you do business with friends, sometimes things can be tricky. And so I'm very yeah. It was very important to both of us. So I do like to share that because at every opportunity, I like to share her name, Susan Watkins. She's the one. this was her brainchild, and I'm just carrying the torch forward.
2: Do you yeah. mind if I ask a couple of questions, Dig in a little bit. So are you um it's it's obviously a community where uh, it's for companies that are expanding and they're looking for assistance. Are you, uh, connecting people, connecting people for a fee? Are you doing that on a contract basis, a full-time basis? Tell us how it works a little bit.
1: Everybody asks that question. And I should, one of these days, I'll start putting it into the, the chat or the topic of it. But I do have some big plans for the Qualified Bookkeeper Program. At its core, it is a recruiting, a boutique recruiting agency for bookkeepers, period. Period. So a Canadian business needs a bookkeeper, I'm going to go and source that bookkeeper for them. That bookkeeper might be a full-time employee, a part-time employee, a contract, freelancer, subcontractor, whatever the case might be, that is who that person is. And I go the extra steps of testing them, assessing them, vetting them, validating their their accounting knowledge and theory. And it created that great opportunity. And of course, our topic today is community that I'm building the the qualified bookkeepers community. I'm calling it giving your business a lift. And what that is, it's going to be a gated community where there's going to be free access to webinars, there's going to be learning, there's going to be access to paid learning, but it's going to be a community where we can all share and grow. Because one of the really unique things that I get to discover about all the bookkeepers that I work with is I know what they're good at. I know where they excel. I know what their specialty, their niche, is their passion and I also know what things that they love but maybe are a little bit weak in and so by virtue of technology I can go through my app and say hey you know what I've got a whole bunch of people that need to know a little bit more about HST filing in Nunavut and then I can put on a webinar a session a training module that answers that problem So that's where the community is going to be built. It's really going to be a result of what does the community need? And Richard, I love to ask the question. I know in Canada, we're always looking at a conference that's going to give us more than this. What happens after I know what I'm doing? And that's part of the need that I want to fill is what happens after I have a bookkeeping practice? Where do I go to learn more? How do I learn to run that practice better?
2: I love it.
1: I hope this answer wasn't too long, but I could go for probably right. an hour and a half. No, it was a fantastic what I'm going to do with that.
2: And coincidentally, I was in recruiting for 14 years.
1: Then I'm going to talk to you after today's call <laughs> because I would love to pick your brain.
2: I would be happy to have you pick my brain. I, yeah, and I, and I, I learned so much just about business in general by recruiting and all of the things that you need to look for that are the unspoken things, the body language, the 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 short answers, the answers you need to dig into a little bit more because it didn't quite answer it. Sounded like they gave a good answer, but they didn't answer the question itself. Right. Yeah. Um, we can definitely talk about that offline. In fact, we, we uh, not to change the topic to uh, my own community, but we we have a, uh, a cohort community in uh, Roundtable Labs that is all about um, not only um, management skills and, and how to be a better manager, but it is also about how to hire, how to fire, how to, uh, how to review, um, how to make nothing a surprise. Because that's, that's the biggest problem with employment is, well, when you do a one-year review, you're reviewing a whole year and an hour, and that's kind of an impossibility for most people. And so I like to take it and say, it shouldn't really ever be one year and one hour. It should be a constant ongoing review scenario where everybody knows where everybody stands all the time.
0: Yeah. As an employee and as somebody who was, I was running my own department at 21 and my own office at 25, I completely agree. There should be no surprises. When you sit down and you're going through, the person, you know, on the op- opposite from you should be expecting, you know, that, that same response or, you know, the information. It, it should be there because that's a really good open dialogue. So.
2: Oh, yeah. And and I think the other half of that is, you know, we need to take a new approach to reviews. It shouldn't just be one-sided where it is the employer reviewing the employee, it also should be the employee okay. giving feedback back to the employer.
1: Well, uh, and that's a conversation is what that
0: is. Right? It, it is. is it is. Well, is. And <laughs> it's interesting because as you're saying that, Richard, I actually don't review my employees or my team. I don't like to tell them my employees, my team. I don't review them. We do quarterly reviews. They do a self-performance review Submit it to me, and then I get to say I either agree or disagree with their assessments and back up why, but they're filling in how I can help them, what their goals are, and how I can help them meet their goals. And it's all got that positive spin on it, which is probably telling me that maybe this is one of the things that I should be putting little course on, because we are actually partnering with Jen, so anybody going through Jen, um, Bookkeepers Bootcamp is going to be partnering, so we are going to be launching in Q2 a full online DIY suite of courses, all kinds of stuff for our community, and Jennifer's community is going to get a lot of that um, just by being a part of her community um, for free, just like a roundtable we'll be able to do things back and forth, and that because I'm doing it for the education and to help people um, as well. So that's not necessarily part of the stuff, Jen, people would get immediately, but maybe that's part of what's next. But what I'd like to say before we, actually, you know what? Before we do that, let's pause. Richard, tell, so you are here as a sponsor as well as a co-host today. So I am. You are, so let's let everybody know, Let's as a sponsor, we're doing a commercial. So let's let everybody know about roundtable labs, what they don't know, what they need to know, and why you're amazing.
2: So don't know what people don't know. And I I I will make an assumptive guess on what they don't know, but um I'll, I'll kind of give you the elevator pitch for what roundtable labs is. It's it's a community where we we talk things out. We typically start with what are the problems of the day and Uh, I'm I'm actually going to back up in time a little bit and tell you a little bit about our very first roundtable and why it is called what it is called. So the name of our very first roundtable is not the only one roundtable. And it came about because we quickly learned that as we were solving problems and talking things out, we weren't the, the, the person who had the initial question or issue or problem. They weren't the only one that had been there before. Somebody had been there before them. So learning from the experiences of uh, the people that have been in our shoes before us, um, they can learn from us and we can learn from them. So we kind of have a philosophy. We, we, we are kind of the anti-course roundtable. So we don't, we don't start with a six-week course or a 12-week course to riches. Um, but what we do is we, we, each roundtable has its own theme. Um, and we we have nine or 11, I can't remember which one it is right now, off the top of my head. But um, what we do in each one, we, we start with that theme. Eventually, all of them uh, lead into pricing discussions and contract discussions and uh, all, all of the similar issues. So when I realized that, what we also decided to do was say, okay, each of these little groups, we're gonna make one big group. And so we come together a couple of times a month, as well as a bigger group deep dive into uh, one topic. Um, but each roundtable can be hundred topics in a in a ninety minute session, or it can be two topics in a ninety minute session. It just goes where the room goes. And Tanya, you've participated in enough roundtables mm-hmm. at Roundtable Labs to know um, the conversation is fast. It uh, it can be um, a lengthy topic. It can be a very quick thing where somebody just needs a quick answer, but it's all very topical and relevant to the moment in time that we are. So
0: Absolutely.
2: we don't create evergreen content that's going to be around forever because we're dealing with real life issues. We also tend to take things that are very well known out in the industry. So let's take uh, Ron Baker and Mark Wickersham. They each have pricing theories that are out there. Um what we do is we break those down and we say how can we make this work for us.
0: Cuz Tony's got a pricing feature pricing thing out there too. Okay. Well, there
2: <laughs> <you> <laughs> <are. It's,
1: laughs> all
2: right, I should it's name all the pricing people. Uh, but no, you get what I'm saying is we yeah. all of the all of the the pricing conversations mm-hmm. and we 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 boil it down to what matters. Yeah. And we boil it down to not just what matters and say, okay, this is the way to do it. We never do that. We let the people make the decisions on how they're going to operate. But if we talk about it from all sides, do the devil's advocate thing, ask all the questions, everybody has enough information to say, okay, this is what worked for some people over here. This other thing is what worked for some people over here. We take the best of the best and we'll leave the rest behind.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you break down the pie into the ingredients and then you bake a new pie.
2: Exactly.
1: The last pie. Absolutely. love
2: that. Thank you. I have been looking for a great analogy.
1: And I've been my analogy queen. So you can take it, use it, have a good time with it. I thought I was
2: the analogy queen. That's usually my (laughs) thing.
1: All right. Well, then maybe I'll be the princess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure
2: it out. We'll We'll both be analogy royalty. How's that? Okay. I like
1: it. No,
0: but, and, and I've been, what, a year and a half, I think, part of the roundtables, tables. And it's it's great because I have learned from people that I have looked up to and that, again, walked be- the path before me, as well as I have still learned from people who are walking the path behind me. Um, and it's very, you know, it, it's it's really unique and I might not walk away every single time going, Oh, I, I I really got something that I hung on to that. But those nuggets that I do first off, they're huge when I do, but the community of the friendships, I mean, Dave Kirsting, Dave is going to be when he will be my permanent co-host on this. Once he gets, you know, his, his stuff, you know, rolled out, but Dave and I have become very good friends and, you know, Martha, and there's so many people and it's family, it's community, (laughs)
2: <laughs> I I can say with absolute certainty that that is one of the distinguishing factors. You know, you can attend a course with people and you get to know them and you're you're there for that period of the course. What what we have developed and and I I think the 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 best way to describe it is when covid hit and everybody went into a panic and we had some people that were going into the hospital and didn't know what they were going to do with their practice, how they were going to keep it running. They were so low and we all kind of stood up and said, okay, what do you need? Um, I don't know. I'm about to go into the hospital. I can't think about that. "Great, Give us your master last (laughs) pass and let us take care of your practice. And and a couple of people came out of the hospital with a better practice than when they went in. Uh, They had, Price increases negotiated with clients that they had had for years that they that they never thought they were going to be able to get price increases from, new contracts, new prospects. Nobody was in it to um, to, to become rich off the back of their their sister firms, um, but we were all there to just make sure that people got taken care of, and that really put a whole new life in into the group. And I I always knew that we were community, and I always knew that we had. Great people around us and great friendships were formed and we had some business partnerships form in in the group, but it was never exemplified more than those moments when, when another story, and it's, it's a sad one. We had a member who passed away Mm -hmm. and the husband called and said, I don't have the vaguest idea what to do, but I know that she was very attached to this group and can you help? And it wasn't just myself; it was myself, another member, I think two or three others. But we all took a piece of this pie and said, "Okay, here's how we're going to disassemble this. Here's how we're going to distribute clients. Here's here's the master plan." And we kind of put it together as we were as we were going along because there was no plan in place if if, if something were to happen to her. Um, and out of that came one of our. One of our one-topic roundtables that we do, at least a couple times a year, and it's it's literally called "I'm Dead Now What," and we talk about what to think about if you're hit by that proverbial bus, that eventually most of us are going to be hit by, and and so it's it's bringing things into the open that we don't normally think about.
0: Yeah, but you know, and you're right with with the that's how boot camp. We had a community beforehand, but a lot more people like left the nest when they were done. And it was through COVID that, again, we pulled together and really started doing that. And we meet weekly, at least weekly now with a bunch of us, same thing. And Jen, you again, you're taking what started out as literally like a match.com type scenario And wash the hands of it and you're continuing this with you're like no we want the continued community the continued support that's what you've got in mind now too
1: right Mm -hmm. well i have a question for roundtable labs how do you moderate or control that conversation control is not the right word but how do you guide keep the conversation polite and keep it productive is that maybe a better way of describing it Oh,
2: it's interesting. Someone it, has
1: to herd the cats there.
2: Um, that's exactly it. So each, each roundtable has its own host. Okay. And um, I Tanya and I were talking about this recently. The host's job is not to be the expert, not to be the talking head at the front of the room with all the answers. It's to pull the expertise out of the room. But we also have to learn how to, and and I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for saying this, but we have to learn how to cut off the long talkers, we have to learn how to keep the conversation going, and know when to cut the conversation off and change topics. Okay. So because one conversation can go on and on and on. And once we start repeating ourselves, it's it's time, it's time to change the topic to something different. And usually, that is a very organic shift in topic. Uh, because something from somebody's answer from 10 minutes ago will be the thing we lead into next. Um, but but we kind of set the stage at the beginning to say, um, it's a conversation and everybody participates. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to participate, that's fine. But that's kind of the nature of the group, is that we're all going to to have that conversation. And so we have learned through, you know, some people raise their hand electronically, some people raise their hand, and some people just jump right in and and talk. And it's okay. I I meet everybody where they are. And I I don't push back and go, you didn't raise your hand electronically, you're going to have to get to the back of the line. We let the conversation happen like it would happen if we were at a happy hour.
0: I think the people involved are respectful, though, because I have done... Each one of those in this situation depends. Yes, sometimes I'm the long talker. Sometimes I'm not the long talker. Sometimes I always have an opinion. I mean, anybody that knows me, I'm not going to hide that. But there are some times where, yes, I raise my hand. Sometimes if it is completely relevant to what that person says, I jump in, say my piece, jump back out. And I haven't seen on any of the ones that I've been involved in. I have not, I don't remember of any people who weren't at least respectful that if they did jump in they didn't over speak it was not aggressive it was jump in say their piece just be like oh it's relevant in 10 minutes later it's not going to be relevant so I have to say it now I mean it's and it's all about the it's it really is about the community it's the people it
2: is and, the, and every now and again you know you'll you'll get the odd odd comment or or whatnot and and I, I don't even want to think about it as controlling the room, because at, at, at that point, it's something that that person needs to say or get off their chest. And um, we let that happen. That's what happens in in real life community. You know, think about. Um, sometimes I guess
1: you way. have to vent, right? Like, I'm going to jump in and, and talk over you for a second, because sometimes you just got to vent.
2: Exactly. You just okay. nailed it.
1: Yeah, it, It's like a
2: real life town hall. Um, just like when, when, I go to a city council town hall meeting, um, people sometimes stand in line, some people shout from the audience. It, it, it's just like that. It's quite fun. Um, it does move fast. There's a lot of information that's exchanged and there's a lot of aha moments, mm-hmm. um, that, that mm-hmm. come about. And there are some universal things that come up over and over and over again, and that's okay, because we're constantly refining and learning and doing. And that's that's what we're, we're all about. And eat, here's the other thing. I started out as the host of my initial community, not the only one roundtable. And as we grew, I recruited hosts to take on the, the role. And I don't get involved in how they host. So each roundtable has its own personality with it, with its own way of doing things. And that's kind of what makes it special.
1: It sounds. Yeah. yeah it's a bunch of love communities. It sounds therapeutic.
0: It you know, therapeutic. And it, re- it really is. It really is therapeutic. And even though those times that people need to vent, we have enough professional and personal respect for each other that again, you let it happen. And I think there have been a time or two where I've kind of heard behind the scenes That some people may have crossed the line, but that's dealt with privately with them, just like you would do in a real life situation. If you think somebody said something that wasn't, you know, wasn't quite appropriate, you would pull them off to the side you know, try to pull them off to the side of have a, a one-on-one conversation. It's what? No group shaming. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> know, it, it's beautiful. It's all about support. And this is, you know, why I'd heard so much about, you know, the communities beforehand. And I absolutely love it because it is about the support. And this is where, again, when we were having, you know, talking community, I'm like, okay, let's get Jen. Because again, Jen's got this new community you know, that you've got going and I'm a part of, you know, the roundtable community. And again, like, I absolutely love it. And again, I've got my own community and I know Jen, you're all about community.
1: Well, this is my, this is my third iteration. I think when I first started my practice in 2008 and started the conference series, I felt very cut off and lonely in between conferences. And I started organizing a quarterly lunch with Mm -hmm people that I met at these conferences, which soon grew and evolved into becoming the QBL, the quarterly bookkeeper lunch. And then people started asking if they could join, which kind of blew me away. I was like, well, it's just a couple of us getting together for lunch. But come on, the more the merrier is where I live, as you can tell by my friend here. I was just saying, Gus, uh, wants, Gus <laughs> wants
0: to join. He wants to be part all of, this of conversation.
1: the conversation. But so I started that with the QBL, the QuickBooks lunch, and I did that for a number of years. And then it got to be a little bit too big to try to organize lunch for people in the GTA. So that's when I flipped to the Facebook group. And I had my QBO Connectors Facebook group. I think we were, we were getting pretty darn close to a thousand members at one point, where I was sharing tips and tricks and having app partners in for every month about how to use their apps and how to get away from their apps and all of the questions that you always wanted to ask, but sometimes were too afraid to. Right. So that was my community number two. and as i've become the business coach i have my biweekly webinar community right my 30 minute free webinar every 2 weeks different topics 30 minutes action packed come and go it's live only because i like the community aspect of live only
2: we do so, we do live only as well and we actually don't record anything
1: i do not record because people speak differently behave differently yes. nailed it edit themselves if it is recorded now having said that in this new version of the community there will be access to on-demand information that will be pre-recorded mm-hmm. but i have no intention in our financial community where everything is a secret that it's just easier to not record it
2: well i also found that not only do they edit themselves but you have to be there to participate there's an incentive to being there yeah. um, and it it eight years in people still can we record this one I cannot be there
1: nope.
2: no yeah. I have yet yeah. to make an exception to it
1: well Tanya said that we were alike and that was the yep. way I started when I first started with with the zooms and the Facebook community it's like no this is not recorded this is simulating the conference experience and you either get it or you miss out yeah well that's in
0: boot camp we've got one call a month that's recorded because that hey, here's what we're sharing. It's important information. So I record that, send it out to everybody. Our Friday calls, not recorded. And our ROAR calls that we do one Monday a month, there's a different topic. I bring in a transcription only. People know this is only to take notes for me because what I email it afterwards is a written summary of what we felt the important points were. And that's it. And I tell everybody, if you want me to hit pause on this, you want to say something, you want to make sure isn't recorded, you just tell me, I'll hit pause. And that's the reason why that call isn't recorded. I want the open feedback and the the dialogue and all of that. And you're right, people do react differently when they're not recorded. So that's why right up front, it's like Mm -hmm. this here, I'm using Fathom only for these purposes if again you are about to say something that you are uncomfortable with, this just tell me. I'll hit stop. I have no problem with that. I I find that
2: in in the live discussions and and I I've had the 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 pleasure of hosting my own communities, and I just recently had the pleasure of hosting your community while you were in Italy. Um, it was it was so much fun to to do your community. The similarities were amazing because it's, it's truly, it's a group of business owners who are trying to better themselves. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't, what I find fascinating is, so we have what, nine or 11 communities all together in our community for accountants, right? I can't tell you the last time that we talked about accounting. (laughs)
1: Well, because
0: there's no need. You have that solved. And in in our call, it's very different because we have a lot of newer ones and it's a mastermind. So it's similar to yours, but it's different that I am at this one. I am expected to be the person who either knows everything or can look it up or know somebody in the room that, hey, you're here, you're there. So we problem solve together. And some of it might be an accounting related problem it might be a compliance it might be a pricing thing we just never know whereas again you're like you kind of have topics that you try to get people talking about in the round table in our mastermind is very different it's basically people raise their hands so you raise your hand for your topic to put yourself in line to come up with a question but then everybody participates sometimes People don't, and I have to try to pull it out. Going, can okay, I know I'm not the only one with an answer to this? Come on, because we want to hear every like multiple people's opinions on it. But you're right; they're very similar in the support, all of that, but yet a little bit different in how things are run. And I do have back topics just to you know to get things going in case nobody has quest no questions. But I pop in and people can come in and join the meeting before me and I come in and there's already people with hands up. Oh yeah. Already people with hands up.
1: Here's a question. Um, and timelines are very vague to me ever since COVID. I don't know what happened in what year anymore. So let me just say that off the heart. Um, but it was since 2020 because I know I was living in this house in Winnipeg is clubhouse still a thing because that was a terrific way of having conversations politely with strangers and organization and sharing of topics and ideas and i put my toes in that and then i don't know i stepped out of the lake and never went back in so richard it looks like you've got something to say about that i'd love to hear your input. i was
2: wondering this just a few days ago <laughs>
1: I, okay, I really are way too much the same like... are you a middle child
2: i am not i'm the eldest
1: okay i'm the middle Uh, child
2: (laughs) but i i truly was wondering this and i i have no idea if clubhouse is alive or or dead or hanging on by a thread um but it was all the rage for a hot minute
1: yeah
2: and then it just
1: disappeared well did it or did it just disappear for us Because it could still be raging on. I I
2: have
1: the answer. This is where
0: I'm in my mastermind mode. We just talked about it. Where Tanya's Googling the answer right away. So (laughs) so, yeah, so Clubhouse is still a thing, but not really, not like it was. So in July of 2021, Clubhouse Mm -hmm. announced its its partnership with TED to offer exclusive talks. So they are still a thing, but only on exclusive TED Talks. Okay. interesting
2: okay
1: because okay. Well, the last I heard that they were going to start monetizing it and I feel like that's when interest waned it was like oh now it's a money thing I'm yeah right. and right. it
0: was the same thing we were on there for beyond the cloud Susan came on she was on there with me quite a bit we co-hosted some stuff and you're right it wasn't long and I was just like I just don't have time to do this but it was
1: but it was a community Where there was polite conversations going on where people could stand up and share and you could go walk into a room of strangers because you knew that they were talking about something that interested you. Right. So I kind of lurked in. I didn't always want to speak, but I went in to learn about um, community relations or Mm -hmm. the challenges that a specific demographic was facing. And I was like, wow, I kind of feel like I'm eavesdropping, but in plain sight. So I don't feel creepy about it. And so parts of it, I enjoyed, but I can't tell you why it didn't stick.
0: Yeah, no, it just, and it
1: could have been that it, they changed
0: to monetize and changed to TED, but like just in January of 2023, it was still
1: downloaded almost 700,000 times. Well, and maybe TikTok showed up around that time and took over everybody's brain.
0: (laughs) But it has seen a decrease It says that it's an 80% year over year decrease.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. For, I have a
2: question about your community. And okay. and I I wanted to ask this earlier and the conversation just, just moved in a different direction, and that's okay. But which side of the equation is your community for, or is it for both sides of the equation? Is it for people looking or people looking for, meaning employers or employees?
1: My community that I'm building is going to be for bookkeepers not the businesses hiring. The businesses hiring them, they fall under my coaching community and that's already in existence and that's where they can live and thrive and grow. Whereas the bookkeeping community, it's near and dear to my heart. I was talking to, I was interviewing someone today and they asked me, so how long have you been in the business? Because one of the things I say when I start to interview a bookkeeper is, well, do know that I've been in the business since 1993. So I understand the lingo, the language and anything that you tell me about what you're doing, I will understand. You don't need to layman's term it for me. And I thought 1993, what the heck is that about? I I need a calculator to do the math on that. (laughs) But to get to your question is that I want bookkeepers to be able to be better because I talk to so many wonderful people, so many earnest people and eager people and people that are just thirsty to learn more and to be more and to be better and to help others, but they don't have a place to go and do it. And so that's really, I want to have that nurturing kind of community where sometimes there's going to be some tough lessons in there, Yeah, but it's safe to have those tough lessons when it's just us. Well, and I I think that it's going to end up being
0: multi-level because you're partnering partnering with other communities to help your community. You're bringing Trifold in. We're coming in to do you know some education stuff. So it's, it's the government it, coming in for crying out loud. So. <laughs> I was going to say if you don't have a contact, I've got a contact for them where they do the free teaching and free webinar. But yeah, it's, it's multiple communities. Now, one thing too that Jen did not mention, so I'm going to mention for you is that when she's bringing the clients or interviewing the potential clients or the lead, we're going to call them a lead and get rid of client because that was actually in a not the only topic round table. Get rid of that word until they sign and start paying you. They are not a client. So the potential lead, she actually is qualifying them ahead of time. She is coaching them on what they should be looking for in a bookkeeper and on value so that when the right bookkeeper comes along we you basically she's again it's like a harmony or match.com connecting the pair you get to see the important information about each other she's done the same on the bookkeeper side but she's not only said do you have a designation she's going further what are you know because we don't we don't do inventory so When I'm in her and I go through her testing, she'll be able to say, okay, well, you know, Tanya passed this, this, and this, but if I failed the inventory part of the exam, it doesn't matter because I don't do inventory or I don't even have to do that part of her testing Mm -hmm. to say, so if somebody is looking for an accounts payable clerk or accounts receivable clerk, and that's their only background, they're not a full cycle bookkeeper, she's going to have that and she can connect the people and she's qualified on both sides. So when both of you see the information, you don't see who each other are. That's redacted. You just see the main, the main, just the facts, the man. bread, just, just the, the facts. facts. There you That's go. Right. And then do you want to connect and actually meet each other? So she's going multiple levels with that and multiple levels with the communities is bringing other communities in. I mean, I'm sure you'll be talking with Kelly and having Kelly, Kelly Parks, mm-hmm. um, you know, because she's got a big community and having, you know, some, her come in and do some speaking and all of your your friends and, and people that are going to support you through this measure. I
1: know know Richard's going to be on that list. I'm pretty sure.
2: (laughs) I, I think one of the most important things that, that I learned as a recruiter is um, the biggest mistakes that employers make are saying, I need five years of X.
1: And you read my mind.
2: (laughs) Because the reality is, let's say that they have been doing AP and QBO for yeah. five years. Yeah. Is that five years of QBO experience? It's really the same one year, five times in a row. Yeah. And so years of experience don't matter. It's depth of knowledge. It's depth of experience. It's it's being able to take the leap and jump in. Oh, I've done AP. Maybe I could also handle AR. I may never have done it before,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: but the skills are transferable and it's not that big of a leap. And so it, it's understanding where those leaps can be mm-hmm. and then putting them together with, with the right employer who also understands where those
0: leaps can be. And that is huge because Rod, my husband, um, he a long time ago and this was his favorite job in the world which we had to leave when we moved here but he'd still be there if we were there they wanted so he was a welder and they actually put down like so many like whatever and you know so many years and accettling and university and all this stuff and he looked at me he says I, i said this job is for you he says no it's not i don't qualify and i said look i said did you do accettling he said yeah for three months and i said Could you pick up a torch and do it today if you had to? He said, yes. And I said, we put it on there and you be honest with them. You say, I haven't done it in this many years, but I did do it because maybe they're not going to have it. This is their wish list. And I had to explain that the university and he didn't have university. I said, all of this is their wish list. Put it forth. Be honest. Don't try to snow them, but put it in there. And you know, he got the job. And it's it's they recognize it was the wish list, but other people, he wouldn't have applied if I didn't tell him. And so you have to get your right, both the employee or and the potential, sorry, the employer and the potential employee need to understand what's realistic, what's not, what's transferable, all of that. And that's where Jen's gonna be and stepping. In. The
1: middleman. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> the the best piece of advice that I, I always gave to candidates was if if you meet. 75 to 80 percent of the requirements list this is a job you should apply to unless it's the core core skill that you do there's
1: have. a must-have that you don't have don't apply and what? you know what and this is how i put it out when we go i have the the must-haves and the good to haves
2: it, yeah must-haves nice to haves and then the wish list
1: yeah oh actually i go must-have nice to have better not have <laughs> oh, very true very true
2: i like that so what things fall into better not have like
1: bad attitude Bad attitude of um, course yes bad uh lack of attention to detail
2: oh my goodness yes
1: tanya can attest to this it is one of our first criteria i've shared it out publicly and i will continue to do so on a regular basis i have put together a 12 question attention to detail Mini quiz, and what I can tell about a person after that. And I probably shouldn't say this, and no one's ever going to complete the quiz again. But it really gives me some insights that I can share back with whoever's filled it out and mm-hmm. said, "You got all of these questions right. This question you got wrong, and this is probably why." And so if you look at your work and you think, "Oh, this is something that I struggle with," and now I've shared with you what your your attention to detail weakness weakness. Uh, Lack of experience, how about that, right? Then that's something that you can work on and improve because you can see it now. But if you don't know, and how often do we hear that from somebody? Oh, this is how I've always been. That's how I'll always be. Because you can't identify what makes you that way.
0: Now, one thing I will say, I'll just jump in and then I'll be quiet because I know Richard's got something to say. I can see it in his face. But do not take that quiz when you are trying to do three things at once I took it as a fun quiz I did not oh, sorry. It its title time. is attention to detail <laughs> it it a a fun quiz. I took it as a fun quiz I think I got two wrong two wrong two of the 12 you know we went through it afterwards but that is my my thing is she's not throwing it out there for a fun quiz it is not a fun quiz actually pay attention because those two things we went through had I paid attention I probably would have got a hundred percent, but I was not paying attention.
2: I can't wait to take this quiz because I, I feel like I have a great attention to detail. Well,
0: and by the way, it's timed. There's well, time limit would that. you like to share the link, Jen? And I will put this in. We'll we'll make sure that it goes out with everything as, as well as the as your link to sign up and as well as the link to roundtables. By the way, that is going to be out there. So you've got all of our sponsor information um, as well. And. I think if,
1: yeah. I can, if I can share, you are correct. You did get it achieve a score of 83%, which is very strong. And you see, there's a good job. memory. I remembered, <laughs> I remembered I got
0: you the 12.
2: Round. I think in the pro advisor community, one of the one of the there are two things that bug me on attention to detail. Um, first of all, on a resume, calling yourself uh, a detail oriented person, but spelling QuickBooks with a with a lowercase b,
1: or two words,
2: um, or two words, or <laughs> and pro advisor as two words, yeah. um, it just doesn't make sense. That that doesn't compute to me, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you are a certified pro advisor. Um, you you've been exposed to the word enough that you should get it. that it's one word, capital B in the middle, um, and pro advisor the same way. That that and and yes, I know. I'm probably dismissing some good people, but the attention to detail is important.
1: important. You're not dismissing, you are dismissing people that are not suitable to the role.
2: Agreed. Agreed.
1: It's not that they're bad people. They're just not suitable. And that is the one thing that I both like and I'm paying attention to now that I'm a recruiter is that because I love people. I love drawing out the answers and finding their best and helping them shine in an interview so that I know what they're good and strong at because the role that I'm interviewing them for might not be the one for them but I want to know enough about them so that when the next one comes along and I think oh you know what that person that I talked to last Tuesday was amazing is probably perfect for this role
2: and that's the role You've got of to a recruiter is being able to make the connection without the software. Right. Um, and again, I relied on software for many years oh, to- I to
1: rely on software that. too, as a support mechanism, the same as QuickBooks Online as a support mechanism. So thank you
0: very much um, for your time today, Jennifer and Richard, thank you so much for co-hosting and sponsoring. So if people want to find you, where do they find Roundtable Labs, Richard, first off?
2: They can go to roundtable-labs on the web. And they will see descriptions of all of our different roundtables and how to sign up right there.
0: Beautiful. And Jennifer, we are going to be sharing the link. I'm assuming you're going to let me share the link of the the quiz. Absolutely.
1: Perfect. And where do they find you other than that link if they want more details? We're still in development. We're still in our soft launch phase, first 90 days. But you can absolutely go to qualifiedbookkeepers.ca. So it's qualifiedbookkeepers.ca. Hope you can spell it with all those double letters. Um, or anybody can connect with me on LinkedIn if you want to talk and we can help you get started there as far as whether you are looking to join the community or whether you're looking to hire a bookkeeper, but either way, I like talking to people and I want to hear what your problem, your challenge, your need is. And that way we can make a plan to solve it together. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, both of you, thank you everybody for,
0: um, listening and joining our podcast today, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening on one of our downloads, um, forums and we will see you next time this episode of beyond the cloud was produced by me tanya hills and edited by elizabeth hills respectfully recorded on the traditional terry of the and Huron wendat peoples